feet. We're going to read a short few verses here in the Bible. If you have your Bibles, I want to ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and beginning with verse 1. Amen. Again, it's great to have everybody with us in the house of the Lord today. And we're thankful for everybody that's with us. And we're believing that by the time we leave this place today, amen, God will have spoken to us. Um, and God will help us. Presence of the Lord is here. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says, there is liberty. Amen. Somebody once said, and I believe it, uh, when God is here, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Whatever you may have come here this morning with, amen. God can meet the need. God can do the work in your life. First Corinthians chapter 2. And I believe they have it up here on the screen. Verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. In verse number two, I want to read that one more time. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I want to preach for a few moments this morning on this topic. Simply Jesus. Simply Jesus. Amen. Could we set our Bibles down? Could we ask the Lord to anoint us and to help us here this morning? God, we thank you for this privilege that we have to to come into into this place, God. Your presence, the house of God. I'm asking you right now that you would anoint us, God. That you would touch us today. You would speak to us, God. We pray, God, for the the help of the Holy Ghost. Anoint my lips of clay that I could speak as the mouthpiece of God. Anoint every heart and every mind in this place today to be receptive to your word, O God. And will not fail to give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. The word of God. The first book of the Bible is a book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. And the book of Genesis uh, lets us to know what happened in the very beginning. Uh, in fact, before time began and once time, uh, the time clock started uh, as it related to man and humanity here on earth. And we read in the word of God about a man named Adam and his wife named Eve uh, and how that God had prepared everything for them And everything for them was perfect in the Garden of Eden. And God had put everything at their disposal. God put everything in front of them. And said, of of everything you may freely partake of except for the the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, And God spoke to them. And God put everything at their disposal. And it was perfect. It was a paradise. Amen. How many love to take vacations and try to find your own tropical paradise and think you've made it? Amen. We love to be able to take a great vacation and say, wow, this is just perfect in every way. 
And sometimes uh, you like to think, well, if, if my life could just be on this deserted uh, tropical island and there was nobody to bother me and, and there, was, there was no problems, everything would just be perfect. Everything would just be fine. There would be nothing to worry about. Every, all of my problems would go away. But such is not the case as we read from the Word of God because Adam and Eve, in a perfect paradise that God had prepared for them, Amen. Found themselves, uh, Eve found herself looking at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent, uh, that was uh, Satan, began to speak to her, began to tempt her to partake of the fruit of that tree. And she partook of that, the, the fruit of that tree. And, and with time, uh, she began to uh, she began to enjoy that fruit. And then she said, I'm going to share this with my husband. I'm going to share this with Adam. And Adam knew that God had spoken to him that he was not to touch that tree. He was not to eat of the fruit of that tree. And when Adam and Eve both partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, amen, because of listening to the voice of the serpent, because of listening to the voice of of the devil. Amen. The Bible says that sin entered into the world. Sin, the transgression of the law of God, the, the breaking of the commandment of God. Amen. Sin began to enter into the world. And that sin, that sin of Adam and Eve, it, it created a great chasm, a great divide. Amen. A great canyon, if you will. A chasm between man and between their God. And there was separation. There was that division. And no longer could Adam and Eve uh, just enter simply into the presence of God and have that open relationship with God. But there was a, there was a divide that happened in their lives. And because of their sin. Because of their sin, because of the sins of Adam and Eve. Amen. You and I, the Bible says, were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And in sin did our parents conceive us. Amen. The Bible says in Romans 3 and 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. All of us were born in sin. We were born, amen, at odds with God. Amen. And until God began to work in our lives, amen, God could restore that relationship. God could bridge that great divide. And God could bring lost humanity back into fellowship, back into communion with Him. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise amen. We know from the Word of God in the book of Genesis that the angel... Uh, would begin to speak uh, and would begin to prophesy that the seed of the woman, the Bible says the seed of the woman, that which would come from her offspring, that which would come from Eve's loins, uh, amen, would, would be the one to crush the head of the serpent. In other words, there was going to come something from Eve's and Adam and Eve's, uh, from their heritage, from their, their line, uh, that would be a person that would, that would eventually crush, that would bruise, that would defeat the devil, that would defeat that great tempter that caused them to sin in the Garden of Eden. Amen. I believe that even from the beginning of time, God was making a way for you and I to overcome. God was making a way for you and I to be restored to relationship with Him. Because just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they had that relationship with God. God still wants to bring you and I into perfect relationship with Him. It's the will of God. It's the desire of God that He walk with you during the course of your week. It's the will of God that you are able to talk with Him. That you're able to fellowship with God. And God's able to, to reach you. And God's able to touch you. And you're able to know that God he wants to be at work in your life. God wants to be intimately involved in your life. And the prophecy went out that the 
seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Amen. Abraham uh, reissued the prophecy, reissued uh, that promise, that prophecy. And he said uh, upon the mountains of Moriah that God would provide himself a sacrifice. As Abraham led Isaac up the hills of Moriah. And, and Isaac the son said to his father Abraham, where is the sacrifice? Amen. Where is the sacrifice? Abraham had prepared the altar. He prepared the wood. He'd got everything in order. And Isaac was there helping his dad, his father's pops. And Isaac asked his dad, where is the sacrifice, dad? Where is the sacrifice? What are we going to put on that altar? And Abraham said, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. Amen. Not only talking about the ram that we they were going to find a few moments later caught in the thicket. Amen. But talking also about the fact that God was one day going to be that lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. God was already in his mind preparing a lamb. Preparing, amen, a way to bring humanity back into fellowship with him. Amen. There was the promise in the Garden of Eden was reissued, was, was repeated over and over again through the Old Testament. Abraham, that great man, amen, that fathered, he fathered a son, he fathered a son with, uh, with Sarah, his wife, amen. And he also fathered a son with Hagar, who would bring Ishmael into the world. And God was, God was reaching for Ishmael. God was reaching for Hagar. God is reaching for no matter whoever you are today, wherever you are, amen, whatever one of life, wherever you came into this world, if you came into this world, legitimately God still has a plan for your life. Jesus is the one I'm preaching about this morning because Abraham prophesied about the lamb that was going to be provided. Amen. There also was another prophecy where Isaiah the prophet said he, he, he prophesied for unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders amen Isaiah prophesied about that which was to come amen in the, in, in the Old Testament they looked forward and they, everything in the Old Testament pointed to that day in which Jesus would come in the flesh and would redeem lost humanity he's reaching today Everything in the Old Testament looked forward to that day when Jesus would come. And then again, as we as we begin the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, the, the angel shows up again and a word is given to the Virgin Mary. Amen. The, that which was to be a spouse to Joseph. And, she, and he, the angel says to Mary, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. That which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. Finally, that promise, it begins to come to pass. And you begin to see the plan that God had in store for humanity, for all of humanity. Whatever, whatever country you come from, whatever language you speak, whatever walk of life, for the rich, for the poor, for, amen, for the black, the white, the brown, the yellow, every color in between, every walk of life, amen, the rich, the poor, the middle class, the upper middle class, the lower middle class, the lower lower class, the upper upper class, wherever you find yourself, Jesus has his eyes upon you. And Jesus wants, amen, to do a new work in your life. Amen. Everything came against, everything came against him. Amen. When he set out to bring redemption to lost humanity, hell fought him. 
Man tried to destroy him. The kings of the time, when they heard that Jesus was fixing to be born, they commanded all the young boys to be slain, to be killed. Amen. They were, there was an attempt on his life. Because if God can touch you, if God can speak to you, amen, something great can happen. And the devil knows it. That's why he fights you from coming to church. That's why he fights you from praying. That's why he tries to get between you and God. Because when you touch him, amen, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. Hallelujah. Hell fought him. Amen. Hell fought him. Man tried to destroy him. Everything came against him. Everything came against him. When Pharaoh thought, when Pharaoh thought that there was going to come a savior through the Hebrew people, what did he do? He commanded all the male children to be slain. I don't want a savior. I don't want nobody to rescue this people from their bondage, from their slavery. The devil's happy as long as you stay enslaved to your old lifestyle. The devil's happy as long as you stay enslaved to sin. The devil's happy everything's just fine as long as you don't come out of slavery. As long as you don't come out of an enslaved mindset, of a slave mindset. Amen. But it's the will of God to liberate some people, to bring them out of bondage, to bring them out of slavery. Amen. I don't know what it was like. Amen. Several decades ago to be uh, to be steeped in the mires of slavery. Amen. But I can tell you. Amen. What it's like, amen, to be enslaved to sin because there was a time in my life, amen, I felt like I was losing out with God and all I could do is give into my flesh and whatever the flesh told me to do, that's what I had to do. Whatever the world told me to do, that's what I had to do. And you are enslaved to sin. You do not tell, amen, the devil what he's to do because he's telling you what to do. And there's slavery that happens for people. You say, well, I live in America. It's a land of the free and the home of the brave. But yet there's so many people that are enslaved to sin. And, and sin, the taskmaster of sin tells them what to do. The taskmaster of sin tells them to pick up that, that bottle of alcohol and to indulge yourself again because that's the only way out. That's the only hope for you. The taskmaster of sin says to pick up that pack of cigarettes and to smoke that pack of cigarettes again because that's the only, that's the only relief you're going to find in life. The taskmaster of sin says to find yourself another promiscuous relationship because that's the only way. Amen. The taskmaster of sin dictates to you how you should live. But a man called Jesus one day came to redeem lost humanity. A man called Jesus, amen, did not just come to the earth to give a good lesson on how to be good to your neighbor. Amen. The man called Jesus did not just come, amen, so your ears could be tickled and you could walk away saying, wow, what a great lesson we heard. But a man called Jesus came and he gave his life a ransom, amen, that you might be free, yes. that you might be healed, that you might be redeemed. Amen, a man called Jesus, amen, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the carpenter, the son of the Virgin Mary, amen, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. 
He came to save, to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We praise you today. Come on, could we talk to him for a moment? Could we worship him in this place for a moment? Oh, let's lift up our voices. Let's magnify the King of Kings. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I'm thankful today, Lord, for Jesus. I'm thankful, Lord, for the Son of God. I'm thankful today, Lord, that you saved a wretched sinner like me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible says, amen, that he came and he began to teach and he began to heal and he began to deliver and he began to set men and women free. Amen, he began to bind up the brokenhearted. He began to deliver the prostitute, Mary the Magdalene. Amen, he began to deliver the demoniac, the person that was possessed with devils. Amen, he began to raise the dead, Lazarus in particular. Amen, he began to turn the water into wine. He began to make things sweet again. He began to restore. He began to heal. And the Bible says, amen, that all of hell fought him. Everything in hell came against him. They tried to destroy him. At one time, they tried to stone him. They tried to kill him. But the Bible says that he somehow, he either blinded their eyes or he made himself invisible and he passed through their midst. And he said, it's not my time to go. There's an appointed time that God has in store for your life. And Jesus knows exactly when to make his entrance into your life. And this morning is a good time as ever to allow God to walk in the front door of your life. Oh, let's clap our hands one more time in here. tried to destroy him and at last they thought that they had accomplished their mission they thought that they could destroy Jesus amen the son of God they thought that they could destroy Jesus the father the son the Holy Ghost all wrapped in one the fullness of the Godhead is in Jesus amen there is but one Lord one faith and one baptism one God and father of all the devils also believe in one God and they trembled and they knew that if we can kill Jesus, we can take out God, we can take out the Father, we can take out the Son, we can take out the Holy Ghost, because it's all in one. And they tried to destroy him, and at last they thought they had accomplished their task. They thought they had accomplished their mission, because they, they brought, amen, they brought Jesus before Pontius Pilate. They brought him before Herod. They brought him before Caiaphas. They brought him before the rulers of their time. And each one of them condemned him to death. And they, they condemned him to a death by crucifixion where he would die on a cross with nails to his hands and nails to his feet and a crown of thorns upon his head. And they crucified him. They speared him in the side. Blood and water flowed. Amen. He died. Not a bone was broken. But he died, and in the three days after his death, the Bible says that he got up, he rose again. I'm going to tell you, every other teacher, preacher, 
God of this world, God of every other religion, they faced the same death he faced. They died. They gave up the ghost. But only one person got back up on the third day. I'm preaching about Jesus. It's simply Jesus. Because in three days, he got up from the grave. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He took the keys from the devil. And he said, I, I'm in charge about here, Lucifer. And he kicked him out to the curb. And he said, I run the show. I run the show in heaven. And I run the show in earth. No matter where you are in life, no matter where you are, if you're 30,000 feet in the air on the Boeing 737, if you're down in the depths of the sea, the Mary in the trench, the deepest part of the sea, God, He's there. If you find yourself in a tunnel, in a cave, at the depths of the earth, He's gone over that area too. He conquered everything. He's got all power and all authority. Amen. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Come on, shout it one more time. Come on, one more time. His name is Jesus. What does the name Jesus mean? The name Jesus simply means Jehovah has become my Savior. In other words, the God of the Old Testament, Abraham's God, Back on the mountains of Moriah, Abraham's God, Amen. Noah's God, that God of the Old Testament that they called Jehovah, the Lord of Hosts, He enrolled Himself in flesh. He took on the person, Amen. He took on the form of a servant. He enrolled Himself in flesh. And Isaiah said, "Thou shalt call His name the Wonderful, the Counselor, the Mighty God." The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Oh, let's worship you. Oh, he's everything I need. Amen. In Revelation, he said, I am Alpha and I am Omega. Amen. I am the first letter of the alphabet and I'm the last letter of the alphabet. And whatever you put together in between to satisfy a need in your life, that's what I am. I'll meet every need in your life. I'll provide every need in your life. You see, well, I'm not Pentecostal. I'm not apostolic like this church is. I want to tell you, Mama was raised a Baptist. Amen. She was a good Baptist. My father was raised Assemblies of God. Amen. Brother Miguel was raised Catholic. Many of you were raised in other denominations. It does not matter where you come from, so long as you come in contact with the man called Jesus. And you follow the plan that Jesus has in store for your life. Amen. So what if you've grown up Baptist? So what if you've grown up Roman Catholic? So what if you've grown up Presbyterian? So what if you've grown up all different faith religions of this world? Amen. What matters is have you obeyed the plan, the word of God? Amen. I'm a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy-rolling, Bible-believing, devil-chasing, child of God. And we're sitting and preaching Jesus.
simply Jesus. It's simply Him. It's simply Jesus. Amen. Second Corinthians, we read it a moment ago. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. We're not preaching about Abundant Life Center and what Abundant Life Center can do for you. Although there's a lot of areas you can get involved in and you can be blessed. But when it really comes down to it, we're preaching Jesus, Brother Noah. We're preaching Jesus. He's the one. He's the one, Sister Kim, that saved me. He's the one, Brother Joel, that got a hold of my life. My mom and my dad, they taught me about the things of God. They taught me how to pray. They taught me how to seek God. But when it came down to it, I was not saved because I had a mom and a dad that taught me. But I began to find Jesus when I sought him for myself. When I came down to an altar and I said, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm going to turn from my ways. That's repentance. That's repentance. You come down to an altar and you lift up a hand to God. Amen. You begin to talk directly to God. You don't talk to me to get to Him. Amen. You don't talk to your neighbor to get to Him. You don't talk to a priest to get to Him. You don't talk to any faith leader to get to Him. Because in the Word of God, you go directly to Jesus. You go directly to Jesus. God, I'm coming before you. Right now as a 12-year-old boy, I said, and I begin to reach out to God. And God forgave me of my sins. I repented of all my sins. I said, God, forgive me. Uh, one preacher taught me how to repent. He said, just begin to tell the Lord I'm a filthy, dirty, rotten, lying skunk. And I said that prayer a few times. God, I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy, lying skunk. I don't deserve to be here. But if you have mercy upon me, if you forgive me, Jesus, I pray you wash away my sin. And God done a work in my life. Thank you, Lord. Jesus has done a work in my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every knee should bow, the Bible says, and every tongue will confess yes. one day that what? Jesus, Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. One day every knee is going to bow. Amen. Every tongue is going to confess. Amen. That as much as they don't want to do it, this world's going to come to their knees one day. And they're going to say, Jesus Christ, your Lord. And some are going to have a prayer following that that said, God, how could I have not seen it when I was on earth? God, how could I not have taken advantage of every opportunity when I was here on earth? God, why didn't I go to that altar? And why didn't I just confess it back then? Why didn't I go back to that altar? God, I wish I could go back to that altar on September Sunday morning in 2018 and begin to confess and begin to reach out to God and begin to repent of my sins and to begin to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Some are going to do with tears coming down their faces because they know they know that they did not their lives did not their lives did not embody that statement. Others are going to bow and bend a knee and say, "Jesus, you're Lord." But God, you're not just Lord of the, of this world. You're Lord of my life. God, you're my friend. God, you're my everything. You're my confidant. You're the lover of my soul, the lifter of my head. Amen. 
The Jesus I'm preaching about is not just the God you come and make reverence to or obeisance to on Sunday mornings. But the Jesus I'm preaching about is a God that you can get home after a church service on Sunday morning and you can kneel by your bedside and you can begin to call upon God. And I guarantee, Sister Leah, as you do that, you'll feel the Holy Ghost. God will visit with you. God will touch you, Brother Frank. God will touch you. God will minister to every soul in this place. Amen. Because that's the Jesus that I'm talking about. The Jesus I'm preaching about. Amen. A five-year-old boy and a five-year-old girl on your knee can begin to reach out to God. And God will speak to a five-year-old. A 95-year-old man can walk through the doors of the church and reach out to God. And God will visit with them. God will touch him. God will talk to him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing. There's nothing like living for God. Throughout the word of God, we see how he displayed himself, how he revealed himself. In case you're still thinking up to this point, that's good. He's probably going to be good God for you, but but I'm a little bit different. Amen, God. God will probably make an exception for me. God will not love me like he loves you because I'm sure you are all good people. I'm sure you are all perfect people. And I'm a sinner. I'm from a different walk of life. Amen. I'm from a different nationality, a different language, a different country, a different uh, whatever it would be. Amen. But I want to tell you that through the scriptures, in Genesis, he's the creator and the promised redeemer. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. In Numbers, he's water in the desert. Amen. How many are thirsty for something more this morning? In Deuteronomy, he becomes a curse for us. In Joshua, he's the commander of the army of the Lord. He has all power and all authority. In Judges, he delivers us from injustice. We got people throughout the world that are protesting the injustice of the police force, of the administration, of whatever else they can muster up, amen, to uh, to cover up with their excuses, amen. But I want to tell you, amen, in the word of God, he delivers us from injustice. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. In 1 Samuel, he's all wrapped up in one, the prophet, the priest, and the king. Whatever you have need of this morning, in 2 Samuel, he's the king of grace and love. 1 Kings, a ruler greater than Solomon. Amen. The one that had all the, the most wisdom in all the world. Jesus is greater than Solomon. He has all wisdom. In 2 Kings, he's a powerful prophet. In 1 Chronicles, he's the son of David that is coming to rule. In 2 Kings, the king who reigns eternal. Ezra, the priest, proclaiming freedom. Nehemiah, the one who restores what is broken down. Amen. Do you need God to restore something in your life this morning? In Esther, he's the protector of his people. Amen. How many women, children, men do we have that said, I need the hand of God to protect me, to protect my kids. That's what he is in Esther. In Job, he's the mediator between God and man. In Psalms, he's our song in the morning and our song in the nighttime. Whatever time of life you're in, whatever season of life, it can be the song in your lips. It can be the sweet nectar on your tongue. That's the God that I serve. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he's our meaning for life. Amen. He's the one that gives meaning. 
Song of Solomon, he's the author of faithful love. How many ever been burned? Somebody you thought loved you. Amen. I want to tell you in Song of Solomon. Amen. He's the author of the faithful love. Isaiah, he's the suffering servant. Amen. For those of you that think you've been all suffering all your life and God does not know what you're going through. He was in all points tempted like as we are. Amen. He's the suffering servant. In Jeremiah, he's the, he's the weeping Messiah. In Lamentations, he assumes God's wrath for us. Ezekiel, the son of man. Daniel, the stranger in the fire with us. The stranger in the fire with you. Amen. God is not going to send you through a fire. If that he's not going to be with you in the midst of it. Amen. You say, well, I'm, whoa, I'm going through the fire. I'm in a storm right now. I'm in a battle right now. He's the one that stands shoulder to shoulder with you in the fire. In the storm, he walks with you. Hallelujah. Hosea, he's the, he's a faithful husband. Even when we run away, amen, and Joel, he's sending his spirit to his people. And that's what he wants to do here this morning. He wants to send his spirit, amen, Amos. He delivers the justice. He delivers justice to the oppressed. Obadiah, the judge of those who do evil. In Jonah, he's a great missionary. Amen. When everybody else said, I'm not going to go to Nineveh, they deserve to die. Amen. When people looked at your life and they said, I'm not going to get messed up in their family. I'm not going to get involved with their situation. I don't want God to help them. They deserve it. They got coming. Amen. You did not deserve grace. You did not deserve love. Amen. But in Jonah, the great missionary goes out and preaches to a bunch of vile people, a bunch of dirty, rotten, filthy, lying, scum, sinners, and God has mercy. And God saves him. I'm giving you some characteristics of the God that we serve. This is the kind of God that we serve. In Micah, he cast our sin into the sea of forgetfulness. There's so much he does. How many remember the first day you came to an apostolic church? I know there's some here that are first generation Pentecostal, first generation apostolic. How many would just flip up their hands? I remember that first day I came to church. I deserved to die. I was no good. I was broken. I was, as one person said, broke, busted, and disgusted with life. I didn't deserve anything. But I came to an altar and I said, God, help me. God, save me. Save me, God. Save me, God. Don't let me die lost. Don't let my family be lost. Deliver me from alcohol. Deliver me from drugs. Deliver me, God, from the things I messed up with. Set me free, God. Deliver me, God. I want you to take a few moments. Keep your eyes closed. I want you to remember back. What it was like that first time you walked to an altar. Maybe it was in a chair, a pew, a place.
congregation. And God began to talk to you. God began to speak to you. Jesus is what I'm preaching about today. And the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New. He's here right now. He's in this place. The Bible says God is the Spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. He's a Spirit. He's walking through this place this morning. God's reaching for people. God's talking to people. Come on, let's take a few more moments. Let's just put our minds upon Him. Come on, I want you to begin to feel after God this morning. Come on, I want you to feel after God. I want you to put your mind upon the Lord. Come on, Jesus is here. Come on, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Hallelujah. There's times in my life growing up, I begin to talk to the elders of the church. What is it like to to uh, to see a demon cast out? What is it like, Amen? When you when you hear the devil and you begin to talk about the things of hell, you begin to talk about the devil because you're curious. What does it sound like? What does it look like? What does it smell like? What was it like when that devil was casted out? And you begin to talk about the devil for so long, you begin to get goosebumps. You begin to feel, man, this gets creepy around here. Some of you watch horror movies and you watch scary movies, and after a while, you get up from the from the chair of the place you're sitting. You're freaking out. Amen. You're full of fear. Amen. You don't know what's going to happen next. You think something's going to jump out of the closet and get you. Amen. And you begin to, if you talk about it, if you watch it, if you put your mind upon it, amen, you can you can tap into that. But on the contrary, this morning, we're preaching about Jesus. We're preaching about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior of lost humanity. And I'm going to tell you, as we're preaching about him this morning, he's walking in this place. He's walking the aisles this morning. He's saying, you're talking about me. Here I am. If we were to begin talking about somebody in the other room long enough, they would walk in here and say, why are you talking about me? What did I do? What did I say? I'm telling you, we're preaching about Jesus. And Jesus is showing up in this place this morning. And he said, who said my name? Who talked about me? What did you need from me? What do you want from me? What is it that you have need of today? Do you just need to know that I'm real and that I care? Do you need to know that I can wash away all of your sins? Hallelujah, I do for you what nobody else can do for you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If the musicians could come at this time, I'm not going to do the rest of the books. He's made a difference in my life. Praying in the prayer room a few moments ago, thinking back. Brother Josh, what was it like for our parents the first time they came to an apostolic church? I wonder what it looked like to see my mom walk through the doors of that, that apostolic church, Sister Lucy in San Jose, Brother Frank. A Spanish speaking church. Little little white girl. Didn't know a lick of Spanish. 
feel something. I don't know everything they're saying, but I feel God. I feel God. And God delivered her from dabbling in witchcraft. And God delivered Sister Camarita. Yeah, you look at her and say, man, she did that. Yeah. The Bible says such were some of you. But you're washed. Redeemed. I wonder what it would have been like, Brother Tim, to see my dad coming to church to be a Maxon for years. I'm saying, this is a place, God. This is a place, this is a time when you want to restore me. This is some home in God when everything changes. Yes, this is the moment. This is that place. Brother Miguel, what was it like that day you came to God? He told me you came to God. What was it like? What was it like? What was it like? Sister Gina, what was it like that first day you came? You said, God, I'm song was written some years ago by Janet Pascal. If we could stand to our feet, I want to read this song. She said, if the ship of your life is tossing on the sea of strife, you need someone and you feel so all alone. And your house is not a home. You need someone. If it seems life isn't fair and there's no one left to share all the lonely nights and days and things just won't turn out right and you need someone to care and you need someone just to be there, you need someone. I give you Jesus. He's the peace that passes all understanding. I give you Jesus. He's the perfect love that casteth out all fear. I give you Jesus. Amen. He's the water that you drink and never thirst again. I give you Jesus, my friend. If the pressure's all around, beat your spirit to the ground. If the pressure's all around, beat your spirit to the ground. You need someone. And if your body is in pain and your health you can't regain, you need someone. You cannot do it by yourself, friend. You need someone. You need a God. And if that times when you've tried with all the strength you had inside, and it seems that you failed. Remember on the cross he nailed all the bitterness and grief to give you peace and sweet relief. He is that someone you need. So I give you Jesus. The peace that passes all understanding, brother Noah. The book of Psalms. There's delusion in, in Psalms 107. Might be verse 27. 
Don't put on the strings. I might be wrong. It says when you've reached your wit's end. In other words, when you've exhausted all your wisdom. And it's talking, out, it's talking about launching out to the deep. A ship that goes out to sea. And no matter how awesome the ship may be constructed, no matter how you well you thought through everything, all of your emergency supplies, when you're out at sea and the waves come beating on that ship, you have no confidence. Your confidence, I would say, begins to whittle down. You say, who made this ship? How long did it take them? Did they think about this? Did they think about the waves that are 40 feet high? Did they... How old is the ship? And you begin to really wonder. And all of the things that you begin to place your trust in, you, it begins to go out the window. And you begin to exhaust all your wisdom. And it's at that moment that people reach their wits end. Some jump ship. But others look up to heaven. And they begin to say things like, if there's a God in heaven, help me right now. Some people begin to go down to the bottom of the ship and they begin to say, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care that we perish? Others may jump ship. But in that moment, you've exhausted all your wisdom. You find, I need him. I need him. I can't make it without him. He's everything you will ever need. His name is Jesus. He'll not fail you. He'll not discriminate against you. His name is Jesus. And he's come to redeem somebody this morning. I'd like for all of us to come to this front altar if we could. Amen. Whether you're a first-time visitor, you've been here a lot of time, a thousand times. Amen. If you're just a, a newer visitor, whatever it would be, I want us to come down to this front. Amen. What we have here this morning is an altar. An altar is a place where you put a sacrifice upon an altar and you begin to worship God. Hey, I'm preaching about the God of Abraham. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob. His name is Jesus. I want us to come down to this altar. And I said it's, it's an altar because an altar is a place that you build up. An altar is a place where the Josh, you put wood, you stack wood, and you build it up. You put some rocks, you build up an altar. It's something you have to physically do. It's something you have to prepare. You have to say, I'm going to build an altar. I'm going to come down to a, a place in the front, and I'm going to build an altar. I'm going to put some wood on the fire. And then I'm going to offer my life to him. And I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm putting myself on the altar. I'm giving myself. I'm going to worship you because he's real. I want us to lift our hands in this place. And I want us to, all across this house, I want us to begin to repent of our sins. Amen. Whether you find yourself sinner, saint, somewhere in between, whatever, however you classify yourself. I want us to begin to repent of our sins. God, forgive us. Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. God, I pray, Lord, that you would wash away all of our sins. Come on, I want you to open up your mouth. I want you to begin to say it with your lips as we sing softly to the Lord. I want you to begin to say, God, forgive me of my sins. Come on, search your heart this morning. God, wash me. Forgive me, God, of all the sin in my life. Everything that is in me that is not pleasing before you, God. I ask you to forgive me. I 
me. God, would you forgive me of all of the sins, all of the transgressions, all of the iniquities in my life. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me. God, search my heart today. Come on, that's it. Let's lift our voices. Now I want us to begin to worship God.